Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. Before we get into today's episode, I want to use this intro as an opportunity to remind you of a resource that I have on my site that I think can provide a lot of value to you. It's called the Mental Game Assessment. It's an assessment that Robert Linville, my mentor, who I've referred to a lot on this podcast, he and I created a couple years ago to help us get a better idea of how players relate to the mental side of golf. It's basically a personality test for golf. It's not scientifically tested, and it's not meant to diagnose any mental illnesses. It's not, it's not that well you know, tested, I guess. But it's a great way for you to get a quick picture of your strengths and weaknesses of your mental game. So if you'd like to take the mental game assessment, the link will be in the show notes below the episode in your podcast player. You won't be able to miss it. All right, now on to today's episode. I talked to Michael Hebert, a pro golfer that has battled through some ups and downs, and he's still in the middle of his journey. Um, and we'll, you'll hear more about that journey towards the end of the episode um, where we get into some of the, you know, you're here, you were there, you're trying to get to there, how do you relate to that? So it's some really good stuff um, and some great actual practical things that you can do to get better. Um, So you're going to hear some awesome perspective that can apply to any level of golfer. You don't have to be an aspiring pro or a scratch handicap to learn from a mini tour player and specifically this conversation. So let's get into it. Hope you enjoy. So how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm great. So you're uh, you're down on vacation? Yeah, down in Sea Island. So nice. got That's here nice. last night. Played local qualifier for the U.S. Open yesterday. Okay. Finished. Drove yeah. straight now. Yeah. So, so how, how'd it go? Got through. So it was good. Nice. Awesome. Where are you going to yeah. do your sectional? Uh, Piedmont Driving Club in Atlanta. Okay. I live in Marietta. So oh, okay. In okay. North Atlanta. Yeah. That's I too pretty close by. I, I played the U.S. Mid-Am at Capital City Club, um, okay. which is right around there. And yep. also Atlanta National was the other course. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm familiar with the area and for nine days while I was there. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. How'd you get started doing this? Yeah. So um, I, I got into mental coaching, firstly, by um, I was trying to turn pro and you know, I went, to, I played in college and then moved back home and played for a few years and never really got good. And then I went to see my now, like my now mentor, but then at the time swing instructor, Robert Linville up in Greensboro, North Carolina. And, okay. and he, he's like helped me improve. Yeah. With the swing, but like mostly just kind of the intangible parts, the mental side yeah. and and I spent a year and a half with him, a couple of years with him. And, and he said, ultimately I played in that U S mid-am actually. And I, I finished runner up and oh wow! even in that moment, I was like at the height of my game, I was like, this is not really what I want to do. Like yeah. uh, pursue this professionally is a lot of pressure, a lot of time on the road, as you know. Yeah, um, sure. And so that tournament, helped me realize it's not what I want to do. So, okay, Robert, what do I do now? Like I need a job. And he said, well, you improved really good. I think you could help other players 
improve mm-hmm. in that same way. Um, so kind of since then, uh, really like early 2019, um, we, we've had this mental coaching program. Okay. Um, and along with that, I was like, I, I should kind of help spread a, the word a little bit and I'm interested in talking about it a little bit. So I should do a podcast. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing this podcast for a little over a year. Awesome. Um, and I've been able to talk to other players like you, some, mm-hmm. some mini tour players, guys and girls, um, and some good coaches and that kind of stuff. So it's been fun. It's been really fun. That's great. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. No, when you sent it out to me the first, before I even responded, I was like, well, let me see what this is all about. So I listened to a few of them and yeah, yeah they were great. Oh, um, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some other swing thought guys and, and you probably play a bunch of stuff, but I was looking at like swing thought rankings. So I said, yeah, I'm just going to hit up everybody on that list. Sure. Um, most people have Instagram. So I'll just hit everyone on Instagram. And um, yeah. so it, thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for saying honestly, yes. Like, I get on Instagram like once every couple of weeks. So if I didn't respond for a while, it's because I, no, I literally good. don't get on and I saw a message. I was like, Oh, cool. No, that's healthy. That's probably healthy. I need to do that too. <laughs> yeah, I deleted it off my phone a couple of years ago. And Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. So, all right. Well, we'll okay. we'll launch right into it. Um, okay. It's nothing formal. I'm just. I'll just. Uh, we'll just have a conversation. Um, so maybe you can start off by giving me your kind of golf history. Um, maybe the sh- the short version of like how you got to where you are now. Yeah. So short version would be, I'll start in college. I started at Florida state, spent one year there. Um, didn't like it there. So, um, decided to transfer. I played okay there well enough for other schools to still be interested in recruiting me, which was good. And so I ended up at Auburn and ended up being just a great fit. Um, had some good friends there. Felt like I grew a lot as a person, but as a golfer as well. Um, so that was, um, that was just a great thing for me. And I'm, I'm really glad I transfers one of the best decisions I've made. And then, uh, went to Q school, you know, right when I finished my senior year and, um, did okay. I got to final stage, but didn't get full status. And so I really mean, you know, your first year as a pro, you're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, you talk to other people, other friends you have, they're a little bit older than you. are like, what do I do? And so. Um, I decided I was going to go up to Canada because my number was good enough to uh, get into like the Canadian tour off my web.com status and uh, played one event there, did fairly well. I think maybe top 20. I'm not 100% sure. It's been a while. But then I ended up getting into the web event in Canada in Nova Scotia on my number from Q school. So that was my first web event, made the cut, made a little bit of money. Uh, which got me into like a reshuffle from there. I finished the top 25 in an event, which got me another event, which got me another event. And uh, so I ended up playing like six or seven events that year. Didn't do well enough to gain status, but did a lot for my confidence. Like I felt like I made five or six cuts out of the seven, seven that I played or six that I played. And uh, so that was nice. And then um went back to Q school, got through, got full status, and then stayed out there for five years, but never did well enough to get into the web finals. I finished between 77 and hundred every year. So every year I'd go back to Q school, get my card back and play the season or retain some sort of status. So I, I would be exempt to final stage. Um, so even if I didn't do well at final stage, it was good enough to get tournaments anyway. And, um, 
till 2019, 2019, um, I played just terrible and lost my card, went back to Q school, uh, barely got through first stage. I mean, I'm playing terrible. It was only a miracle. I got through first and then, um, second I missed. And then after that, I was like, well, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Like, I don't know if this is really going to be for me anymore. I have two kids. Um, I got married, um, you know, right when I graduated or even before I graduated college, uh, right when I finished with the team and then I went another semester. But uh, so I was like, well, you know, I got to keep the lights on at home and, you know, provide for the two little girls and my wife and um, started doing different just job interviews and thinking, what am, what am I going to do? And um, COVID hit and I was like, well, everything shut down. And I was like, well, all right, well, what am I going to do now? Like no one's hiring. Everyone's just in freeze mode. So started playing some golf because that's what I feel like everybody did over COVID is just go outside and play golf because there's nothing else to do. And one of the biggest problems I was having and why I struggled to um, get my PGA Tour card through the web or even just retain full status out there. So I just didn't drive it well. And I was just missing fairways and I don't hit it real long. So um, it's important for me to play from the fairway. And uh, all that started coming back. I mean, in, in college, I drove it extremely straight. In high school, same thing. And then as a pro, it just was never quite um, – just wasn't quite there. just wasn't great. So um, got it kind of figured out through uh, swing coach Scott Hamilton helped me a lot and uh, kind of got me on the right track. So I was like, well, you know, once things started opening back up, I'm like, maybe I'll give this a try. And uh, I played in some mini tour events, drove it well, played fine. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't winning them um, right out of the gate, but I was focused more on um, going doing Monday qualifiers. So I played in, I think, six web qualifiers, missed all six by a shot, mm. which was a real, you know, kick in the gut every time. You're like, man, you know, you're right there and playing good golf and to be that close, you know, I'm shooting pretty good numbers because these Mondays take low scores. And so I'm like, I'm right there, like shooting a lot of good rounds. Like I don't want to pack this in quite yet. And uh, finally got in one uh, at Sea Island, the RSM Monday in and uh, this PGA tour event. And then I finished 66, missed cut by one. Then not only I missed the cut by one, missed it by one spot, you know, finishing mm-hmm. 66, 65. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, another punch in the gut. So now I still have to do pre-qualifiers and go that route. And, you know, it just been nice to be able to pass through that, get whatever FedEx points I would have got, whoever, however I played on the weekend, you know. But um, so, again, I was like, well, I'm close. Like, I'm right there. Let me keep playing. And um, since then, I've played well. I've won three times on the Swing Thought Tour, um, finished second last week, uh, you know, U S open sectionals coming up. So, um, things started clicking, getting a lot better. And, um, a lot of it was just the way I practice, the way I, um, go about things mentally now is totally different than I used to. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of led me to where I am now and a pretty good streak of playing some good golf. Yeah. So obviously this is the mental golf show. So I'm interested in, the, like you said, the mental things that you've done to get better. Um, but first, like how, like, 
what do you do? Like everyone goes on stretches, long stretches of not playing how they want to, not getting the results they want to at any level of the game, whether you're trying to break 90 or you're trying to play in PGA Tour events. Like what kept you going? Um, Obviously you didn't like 2019 into 20, you were not going to keep going, but you picked it back up. Like, what kept you going when you didn't really necessarily see the results? Uh, just in the 19, like 20 season during COVID. Uh, you know, a lot of it was just encouragement for my wife. She was mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I still believe this is for you. I still believe that um, this is something that I'm behind you in, in doing. And um, her support really um, was a main contributing factor because, uh, you know, it wasn't easy for her. I mean, me being gone all the time, playing a corn fairy or web season, and her at home with uh, one or two kids is, is tough. It's tough. But I got a great support system at home with um, my wife's parents and, and my parents as well um, who help out a lot. So I wouldn't be able to do it without them, first of all. So that was probably the main reason why I kept going because that and I, I like to play and uh, I want to play, but I don't want to be foolish and, you know, waste money and waste time and say, all right, well, I'm putting a different career on hold and going to cost, you know, my family um, money in the long run. So I uh, wanted to be careful with that, but with her encouragement and just seeing the progress my game was making, um, it's kind of what kept me going. Yeah. So you mentioned, things you do different mentally and the way you practice different now, mm-hmm. what, like, what did you used to do and what are you doing now? That's better. Yeah. So this is actually real recent and this is, I mean, probably why I'm on the show is cause I've been playing really, really well lately. And so back in February, uh, I developed a practice plan with a guy named Matt McConnell. And it's just kind of like a daily slash weekly thing that um i go out and do and i used to go out and practice a lot like i'd practice for you know all day and hit balls and putt and play and come back and hit balls and um i think it served me well in the sense of like i was able to find something in my swing or find something in my putter that you know was able to keep me going and keep me playing but it was never um but it wasn't working in the sense of I wasn't progressing to the point of getting playing on the PGA tour and competing on the PGA tour. So um, with this plan is it kind of like cut my practice in half, honestly, which is kind of funny. I practice way less than I used to. Uh, But when I'm out there, I'm very deliberate in what I'm doing. And I would say 15% of it is like working on whatever mechanical things that I'm working on. And then the other 85% is just working that mental muscle. So I used to go out and just hit balls and work on, you know, whatever physical feel that I wanted to have and do that, you know, all day. And then like do just a little bit of mental like practice at the end. So it's like, okay, now I'm going to run through my routine. Now I'm going to visualize. Now I'm going to pick different targets. Um, If I did that at all, now that is like the main focus of my practice. And, um, it's, it's so interesting because I actually don't feel like I'm um, hitting the ball as well or um, quite as comfortable with my swing, but my scores are better. Yeah. And it's because I'm mentally in a place where I feel like I, if I don't feel great, I can still, I know, all right, 
I can get into this mind frame and still finish the round and shoot a decent number. Right. So like maybe poke at it a little more of what that 85%, you know, working your mental muscle, like Mm -hmm. maybe some specific things you do. And then like how, how you've noticed it actually does change how you play even when you're not playing great. Maybe poke at it a little more. Yeah. So um, I'll have a plan where it's like thir- first 30 balls I hit um, of the day after I'm loose, whether I'm, you know, just swinging some wedges, getting warmed up, um, will be, you know, alignment stick on the ground. And then I'll feel whatever mechanical thing I'm feeling at that time. So it's like if I go see Scott and he tells me, oh, you know what, uh, you need to keep your right hip back a little bit. All right, I'll keep my right back, hip back from these 30 balls. And then after that, it's just running through different shots. So in this plan, it'll be like, all right, you need to hit, uh, three different ball flights into, um, you know, six different targets. So it's like, all right, I go low, medium, high. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to do the nine ball flights. We're going to go low cut, high cut, you know, low draw, high draw. So we're running through that. And like for that, I mean, it's not really a lot of mechanical things you're thinking about. It's mostly just, all right, let me just set up this way and then try to cut it and then try to hook it and like whatever feel you have for that. Um, and then uh, other ones would be um, just a ton of wedges. So uh, working through like ladder drills. So it's like, all right, this first one's going to go 30 yards. Next one's 40, 50, all the way up to 110 and then work it back. So I'm just working on distance control um, for putting. I'll go out there and I'll maybe use a chalk line for the first, 12, 15 putts. And then it's like, all right, now I'm only using one ball and running through my routine every time. And sometimes I don't even putt to a hole at all. I'll just say, okay, only thing that matters is that I'm committed to this routine and I'm committed to this putt. I don't care if it goes in. I'm not even putting to a hole actually. Um, and it's, um, it's not a fun way to practice for me. I'm like, man, this is, this is real work. And, but that's what it is. My job I'm supposed to work at it. Um, so it's made practice less enjoyable, but more profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can't argue with the, like the fruits of it. I mean, if it was, if you could pick like really fun practice, but worse scores, you wouldn't, you, you probably still wouldn't pick it. Uh, no, you, you, you wouldn't. Yeah. Cause it's not fun to, you know, it's fun to compete to win. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to practice how you need to, to get into that position. So that's awesome. Um, and so when you're out on the course and you're in a tournament and like, how, like, can you feel, cause it's been pretty recent, like you said, February mm-hmm. over the last three months compared to before, can you feel differences on the course from that higher quality, lower quantity practice? I can't, it keeps me, um, and it's cliche and golf, but it keeps me present. Uh, because when I'm running through these practices and these drills, like it's easy to just let your mind wander and go, but it's like, no, I got to visualize this shot. I got to commit to this routine. Um, it just keeps me present. Mm -hmm. So from a standpoint, if I start off with a bogey and it used to be like, all right, my mind would race. Okay. When's the next part five where I know I can make birdie on it Mm -hmm. or, you know, how now it's just like, no, it's just another drive. It's just another wedge. It's just another putt. Um, so that's where it's, it's helped me a lot is like staying present, not thinking too far ahead or getting too frustrated with the past. It's just when I, when you work so hard in your practice, 
with committing to your routines, it will usually translate, it has translated over into the, the golf side where it's so easy. I feel like for people to say, Oh yeah, you know, commit to your routine, commit to your, uh, commit to your shots while you're playing. But if you're not practicing it, it's just not going to happen. And for so long I tried, like I worked hard at committing to my routines and doing that while I play, but I wasn't doing it while I practiced. So, I mean, it just didn't have the same effect as, you know, it is, it's happening more now. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just like, you know, keeping your hip back is something you've got to practice. Your routine is something you got to practice. Your how you mm-hmm. breathe before and, and during a shot, how you, where your mind is wondering where your eyes are looking, what, how many steps you take into the ball. Like these, these little nitty gritty things are, in my opinion, and maybe you're seeing this just as important as your swing plane, your club position, like those, all of those things are just as important factors that need to be practiced. And if you're, if you wait till a tournament to finally say, okay, it's routine time. It, it makes the tournament feel too different from practice and you feel out of your comfort zone. Um, so I, I, I like what you're saying because it's something I realized uh, when mm-hmm. I was finally starting to get better. Um, so it's, it's cool that you're saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so being where you are now in your journey, you're, you know, you're not at the end of your journey, but you're also not at the beginning. You're, you're somewhere in between. So how do you see like with the context of where you've been and where you still want to go, I'm assuming you know, best in the world on the PGA tour, how do you get from where you are to there? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I, I'm, I'm working hard at, you know, sticking to this plan and I'm hoping that that continues to um, provide good results. But at the end of the day, like um, I don't think anyone really knows it, you, you have to just commit and trust like whatever process you have and then stick to it. And, so that's what I'm doing. But, you know, as far as I know, I might not be playing golf this time next year. And that also has um, provided a lot of um, just mental sharpness as well, but also like an enjoyment. So like, I don't stress about that at all. If it, if it is the end, it's the end. I've almost already come to grips with that a year and a half ago. And um, I didn't like the way it felt, but at the same time I became at peace with it. And so when I play now, like I realize, like every time I tee it up, this could be the last time. So how do I want to be and remember my last round or my last tournament? And it's not upset or angry or frustrated over whatever's happening. It's just like, you know, what an opportunity that I've had over the last however long to, to play this game, see so many places and enjoy this. And that's uh, kind of where my head is at with each tournament I play. And it gives me a um, more of a discipline while I'm there too. Like practice rounds are long and they're tiring and no one likes them. But if you think it's the last round, last term you're right ever play, you'll be engaged in that practice round because you're like, well, I want to, I want to play well. And so I try to keep that attitude and just say, you know, this might be it. Um, I don't know what the future holds. Yeah, I, I might not be on the PJ tour. I might never be the best in the world. Um, so I'm just going to get my best here. And so I don't know if that really answers your question, but yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, totally. 
it's it that question is kind of a trap because it's like oh i know exactly what i got to do and i'm going to do this 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 and now i'm going to be there but that's a that mentality is counter to what you've been working so hard on the last three months of process. I'm just going through this process, whether I like it or not, I'm just going through it. Mm-hmm. And if, if you were so consumed by your end goal, then you probably wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be, like you said, you wouldn't be so engaged in the present. Um, so it does answer the question in a better way than if you said, Oh yeah, this is my step-by-step process. So that's a great answer. Um, so kind of as, as we close, what it's a question I ask a lot, uh, to a lot of players, what percent of golf do you think is physical and what percent is mental? It's a lot mental, but you obviously know, like there's, there's a physical aspect too. Like you can't take the 10 handicap on the range and say, go play in PJ tour event, have the best mental game ever. And you'll be fine. Um, but so if you do it in the sense of like, as a pro, how much is it? It's like 95%. You know, if you're an amateur, you can't, if you're comparing just pros to pros who, you know, are on say the, have some sort of status. I mean, it, it's huge. And it, it, it's huge more from the sense of, and it's not just like as we talked about, the mental game isn't just as you're playing a tournament when you're there. It's a total routine and process of life, really. It's like, do you wake up in the morning and grab your phone and scroll through Twitter or Instagram when you first wake up? Or do you go go down, read a book, and do you meditate um, and just try to be as present as you can? Like, all that's part of the mental game. And so the guys who are doing that are the guys who I think at the end of the day have the best chance of succeeding. Uh, no matter how good or talented they are um, long-term, I mean, that stuff's just going to pay off. So I think it's absolutely massive. I mean, 95%, but that's taking into compass everything, like way of life, not just like, oh, am I committed over this seven iron on the 14th hole from 180 yards? Yeah. Right. So if you could somehow step into the shoes of kind of a regular average golfer, someone who might play once or twice a week, maybe hits balls once a week, Mm -hmm. doesn't have the time that a pro golfer has to invest in that, that routine, that process of, you know, 85%, you know, going through routines and stuff. Yeah. What, what advice would you give them if you can to, to say, this is like, with your short amount of time, this Mm -hmm. is how I think you should try to spend your short amount of time to get as good as you can. I would say, um, I would say instruction is helpful. I mean, I know that's not like a mental aspect of it, but it, it, it kind of feeds into it. So like, if you're just going to the range and beating balls, uh, you're probably not getting the most out of it. But if you go to someone that you trust and you think it's helpful, you have like specific things that you can work on and stick to those things, it's going to be helpful. So um, for someone from the mental side, I would say just stick stick with something. You know, if you're if you go see someone, he tells you you're going over the top and your shoulders are open and you take the club too far outside, well, just listen to that and follow through with it. So many, so many people, you know, who who struggle, I think they see they want for immediate results. Don't go after immediate results. 
go after something that might take a few weeks. It might take, you know, thousand golf balls. That's okay. I mean, don't go after it right away would be my advice would just be like, all right, you know, if you hit the first five bad doing it, don't stop doing it. Like it's, it's going to pay off in the long run. And so like from that mental aspect, I think that's helpful. And then, um, I mean, the other part is you see these guys, you see so many people stress out over it. Don't stress out over it. Have fun. Enjoy it. I mean, so many people, I feel like they get so angry and down on themselves the first time they, you know, they top it or slice it into the woods. And it's just like, just go hit it again. You know, those guys are usually the guys that end up getting better because they're not so worried about it. Hmm. So slow improvement is still improvement and have fun. I think yes. that if you can combine those two, at any Good level way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, when is your U S open sectional? It is, um, June 7th. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that might be the next thing I'm playing it. So I got a few weeks off. Which nice. is good. Yep. Yeah. All righty. Well, cool. Thank you so much for doing this. All right. No, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michael a bear head over to the Mental Golf Show Facebook group and post one thing you learned from this episode. It's one thing to just listen, but it's another thing to kind of to put that knowledge and put that learning into practice. And one great first step to do that is to get what thoughts you have in your head onto paper or screen or whatever. And uh, the Mental Golf Show Facebook group is a, is a great notepad for what you're learning with your mental game. So if you go over there, you'll see other people that have done just that. They've said things that they've learned from episodes. They've said thing that, that things that they've learned from uh, just playing and practicing and learning about the game. So it's a, great, it's a great place for that. It's a great community. And again, if you'd like to take the mental game assessment, the link will be in the show notes below the episode in your podcast player. You won't be able to miss it. All right. Thanks for listening to The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols. I'll catch you guys in the next one.